Um, so anyway, it's probably 9.30ish, and I feel I should get started because most of you people aren't privy to this, but there was a little meeting here a few nights ago, and our pastor was leading it, and he's sharing about, you know, speakers or whatever, and he talks about, like, speakers that are going over on their time, and he looks straight at me and his wife, and it's like, whatever, I don't get what you mean. And I thought, you know what, after, after I thought, you know what, he knew I was windy before he ever invited me to speak up here the first time, so... If, yeah, he thinks I'm too windy, that's kind of his deal. But anyway, if we could pray. Wonderful Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. And we just ask you, Lord God, that you just have your hand in our hearts and our minds. We ask you, Lord God, that we can lift you up, Lord, in our conversations. We ask you that we can lift you up in our praise and worship today. We pray, Lord God, that you anoint every class in this church today and, and every, uh, in our pastor speaking. We just ask you, Lord, for your will, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your special anointing, Lord God, that you bring to spirit of grace. But we also ask, Lord God, that you lift up each and every church in Coon Rapids, Lord God, and let your presence, let your mercy, and let your blessings Lord God, flow out to each and every church in this city. We ask, Lord, for your wonderful will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, we're obviously a little short because they have, I can't even remember the class that they call it, but that's going on today. Uh, the pastor Tim and Trish are in, in their office. It's like, I want to say, because it's not new beginnings. And All in. <clears throat> See, I was going to call it First Steps, but that was probably at another church I go to. No, I'm kidding. I only go to this church, but anyway. Yeah, so please keep me in your prayers up here because you know how I kind of just kind of wander and weave a little bit, and Lord knows that I probably should stay on task. But anyway, welcome to Spirit of Grace Church on behalf of Pastors Tim and Tricia Sanders. We welcome you. And we just ask you, you know, that you just glorify God in the way he allows you to. And I just want to start this morning and, you know, I know you guys have gotten used to you know, just something, just something really godly from the World Wide Web that I share with you, that you can just bring home and just make this a special day. Well... And I'm probably not the only one, but sometimes, you know, when you're up here at the pulpit, there's people that maybe give you a suggestion or two. And, you know, because you're so spiritual, because God has asked you to be up here, so that must mean you're really spiritual. You just patiently take it and graciously say thank you, you know, praise God, and, you know, and... I'll consider that. But, you know, sometimes they give you things that's like, you know, maybe you should share this. It's like, mm, nice. Okay. Now you're going to want to speak. So anyway, I said all that to say this. You know, there was just this saint of a person that shared something this week with me from, you know, 
from the congregation. And I just feel really, really led to share it with you because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be meaningful for you. It may even be touching. But so here's what this wonderful saint gives me. And, um, and it's not really, a, you know, it's just, it's short but profound. And it says, how God turned Adam's rib into a loudspeaker is still a mystery. So Adam created, God created Adam and then the rib. Anyway, if you need any more on that, just check with me and I'll give you more. But anyway, um, I just thought I'd share that with you. And it wasn't me that brought that up. I'll just shut up. You know, I, I started another, this was several years ago. You know, sometimes you know when you're up here and things fall just flat. And I had something from the World Wide Web, and it was about women in makeup and how many billions of dollars was spent on makeup a year. It fell totally flat. It's like, I'm never going to use that again. But this year, someone gave it to me, so I had to shit share that with you, and I'm digging a hole way further than I need to, so I'm just going to move right on. One more thing that I need to share with you is this. Sometimes when you're up here, you know, a day or two later, you sit and you watch yourself, and you think, you know, just, how'd that go? I know you guys haven't noticed this, but sometimes I have a tendency to say you know about 348 times in my message. I do. So, I'm not going to give you guys little cards and say stop it so you can, when you hear you know, you can lift them up or whatever, but just pray for me that I don't like say you know 348 times today because it actually is really, really annoying and I'm sure if it's annoying to me, it's like you guys are like, could he say that one more time for us? Could he just say that one more time? But, anyway, I don't know where we go with this, but anyway, I just want to share just a couple different things with you. I just want to share with you this morning about some different businesses. And there are several businesses that were, you know, the founders, you know, are Chris are or were Christians, and they actually have those, you know, businesses that they share about God with. And the first one, and I've never been in this because it's a retail store, and I'm somewhat allergic to retail stores. I'm just, I'm not good in those. But there's this one store, it's called Forever 21, and this lady basically said, you know, God, you know, told me to start a business and I'd be successful. So she actually puts on her bag, she puts John 3.16, you know, on each and every one of her bags. So, you know, that lady actually professes God in her business. And then there's this, <clears throat> this fast food joint. They don't have them here, but they're called In-N-Out Burger. And they're actually, you know, I, they were founded in California, don't know where, but it's kind of, it's a little weird because it's kind of like a cult-like following. Whenever we go to, to Ensenada, especially if we have, you know, friends with us or people from the church or whatever, we bring them to In-N-Out Burger just, you know, because it's just something you do. It's just like a pilgrimage or something that you just do. Anyway, the In-N-Out Burger actually has 
on their cups, on their packaging, on their wrappers. They have scripture. And it's like, so then I read this article a little further or whatever, and it says there's nothing on their website, but, you know, when asked, the guy just said, you know what? I just feel that's what God would have me do. <clears throat> Another business that, that uh, you know, professes God in what they do. And then the third one was really interesting. There's a bunch of them, but I just picked three. Um, because, you know, Pastor Ben says I'm kind of windy sometimes, so I just want to be on time today. But the third one is Alaskan Airlines. And on their little breakfast snack or whatever, or when, you know, they hand out whatever they hand out for breakfast, they have this little card and it's got a scripture on it. So imagine that Alaskan Airlines has been doing this. And I know you find this hard to believe, but some columnists, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, they're putting scripture and they're handing them out and, you know, we're politically correct and we shouldn't do that, but we're going to talk about whatever, and you fill in the blank, whatever politically correct thing that you hear in the media. But, of course, they had to pick on, you know, America, or, uh, Alaskan Airlines because, you know what, they had scripture, you know, that they handed out with their morning snack. And I love, listen to what Alaskan Airlines response was. This is just so profound and so kind of, you know, kind of back in your face. And it says, Alaska Airlines' response was this, the quotes have application across many Judeo-Christian beliefs and are shared as a gesture of thanks which reflect beliefs of this country's founding as in the Declaration of Independence, the Gettysburg Address, the Pledge of Allegiance, the Pledge of Allegiance, and every U.S. coin and dollar you handle. Wow, kind of in your face there, but whatever, yeah. So Alaska Airlines is an international carrier with very diverse customers. We have no intentions of offending anyone or their beliefs. An overwhelming majority of our customers have indicated they appreciate the gesture, and those who don't are not forced to read it. Wow. That was kind of back in your face by American Airlines. Pretty politically correct, but back in your face. And, you know, that was just interesting that, you know, first of all, praise God, we have businesses that are, you know, basically, you know, the founders, and you know, you can name off a bunch more. Hobby Lobby, you can name, you can name uh, Chick-fil-A, you can name off uh, Interstate Batteries. Who'd have thunk? You know, there's a lot of curves for women. There's a lot of them that, you know, are actually based by Christians. And, you know, so what I ask you today is this. And, you know, if you were a business owner, what would you do with your business? I mean, what would your business be about? And it's interesting if you think about it, each and every business, whether we think this way or not, is actually selling something, you know? I mean, if you're a psychiatrist, you know, you're smelling your, smelling. <laughs> wow. I was gonna say something there, but I'm just gonna keep moving. Um, but anyway, if you're a psychiatrist, you know, you're selling your intellect. If you're, you know, a doctor, you're selling your intellect. You know, if you're, you know, 
you know, if you're a battery manufacturer, you're selling your batteries. Each and every business, no matter how we think about it or not, is based on the almighty revenue. It's based on that. But if you were a business owner, what would you be about? What would your business be about? And just going to share just a little bit more on this, and then I'm going to kind of move into what I feel that God is going to share with us. But, you know, a few things have happened the past couple weeks, and, you know, sometimes God gently nudges you along. And, you know, and I've admitted, I don't know if I've admitted up here, but a lot of you know if there's ever a problem at the house, I hand my wife the tools. I try to be encouraging when I do it, but I hand her the tools. And you may think that's a joke, but it's not. So anyway, we have this drama a couple weeks ago, and our water heater's out, and, you know, we're on off-peak, and I don't want to get into all that, but, you know, when you lose water for the day or hot water, when it's gone, it's gone. You get it the next day. Well, so, of course, we just decided that, you know, maybe Daniel took a way too long shower, and we didn't have water, and blah, blah, blah. And next morning, we get up, we don't have the water. It's like... And I had a bunch of appointments, and I had some stuff going, and it's like, yeah, sorry about your luck, babe, we don't have water. And so I, you know, basically, she showers every day, and I shower once a month, so I don't notice. <laughs> but, but basically, you know, I hopped in my vehicle, and, you know, because I got appointments, right? So I hop in my vehicle, and I get about three, four miles away from the house, and it's like, Okay, I'll just say God was probably saying, you know what, you are really going to need me. And it didn't go away, and I drive a little bit further, and it's like, you know what? It's like, okay, I'll turn around and I'll go try, but I know nothing about this stuff, Jesus. I know nothing. Nothing. So anyway, long story short, I flip back around, and you know, the hero that I am, I go back, and it's like, hey, you know, let me help you fix water here, or whatever. And so... Of course, by then, Karen's already called the repair guy, and it's like, hey, press these buttons, and, you know, you're going to have to unscrew a couple things and press these buttons, and, you know, if that doesn't work, I'll have to come out. Anyway, long story short, I thought, you know, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the man here. I'm going to get this done. So I say, hey, babe, you know, where's your screw gun? So she tells me where her screw gun is, and, you know, go do that. It's like, I can do this. And so you take the four screws off and you press these, you know, buttons on the water heater. And it's like, okay, I did my job. And, you know, because we'll find out tomorrow if that worked. Well, long story short, it didn't work. And we had ant eggs in one of our breakers, which is crazy. But anyway, that's beside the point. So anyway, my whole day has changed now. I had to go back and I had to at least pretend that I was interested in getting our water heater back going. At least. And it didn't work, but at least I tried. But then my whole day has changed. It's like, i got to rearrange all these appointments. And then it's like, okay, now I'm late. What do I do? And God tells me, call this guy. You know, he's sick. Wife's out of town. So I call him. Doesn't answer. Text him. Say, hey, you know, heard you're not feeling well. If you need anything, you know, give me a call. <laughs> So I don't think anything else of it. I just thought, well, I at least tried. So I'm on my way, you know, basically to where I'm going or whatever. And this guy calls and I mean, you could just feel in his, in his voice. It was heartfelt. It's like, hey, thank you so much for calling. I don't need anything. But it was like, 
you know, wow, you called me and you offered me your assistance. And, and you could just feel, you know when you feel it's like heartfelt? I mean, I felt that from that guy. And it's like, okay, well, I did that, whatever. And then, you know, God tells me, go deliver this to this other guy. And it's like, okay, and this is way out of my way again. And it's like, so I do. And this guy, you know, just like, wow, I can't believe you did that. Wow, this is really great. And then by that time, you know, it, I mean, I'm a little slow, but, you know, I start to catch on to things. It's like, you know what, God, you rearranged my whole day just so I could, you know, be used by you. And it took the water heater going out and me feeling guilty because I always leave my wife with that stuff. But anyway, God rearranged my whole day. Fast forward, you know, a week or so later, and, I'm, you know, Bradley and I hang out every now and then, and I'm sitting with Bradley, and, you know, Bradley wasn't feeling it, and I was late, and we're talking about life, and, you know, he says, you know, I got, I was with this, this person the other day, and I think it was a lady, but, you know, I wasn't feeling it, you know, I wasn't feeling it, and God's saying, hey, you going to talk about me? Hey, you going to talk about me? It's like, wow, God talks to you that way? It's like, yeah, yeah, and I, I finally get it, and, but, you know, I was obedient to God. And, you know, so, and I thought, wow, God talks to Bradley a big, way different than he talks to me. That must not be my deal. So, fast forward another day, and so, Wednesdays, you know, around lunchtime, I come here because I'm really spiritual, and, you know, I get in and I pray here. You know, Dwayne and Carol were here. Sandy was here. We prayed. Get all prayed up, right? 12, 12 to 1, I was here, whatever. And get all prayed up, and I'm ready to start the rest of my day. So the next thing you know, I go to an appointment or whatever, and then I forgot. I had to change titles. It's just part of my work. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. You know, me, spiritual, here, Wednesday praying, you know, and then go to an appointment, and then... I'll just be real honest with you. I think I would rather take a hammer and pawn my finger with it than go to the DMV. It's just painstaking. So within an hour of me praying here, I'm like, <clears throat> you got to go to the DMV. It's like, <clears throat> you go in and you know, now it's all changed. Do you have an appointment? It's like, no. You know, okay, well, you press these 49 buttons and it'll spit something out for you. It's like, Whatever, why don't we just take one number and we're good? Yeah. You know, the DMV didn't think in my mind, you know, Randy's going to have a bad day and he's going to come in the DMV. He's not going to want to press these 49 buttons. <laughs> I wish they would have asked me, but they didn't. So anyway, by the time I get in there and sit in there, and, you know, there's, you know, 49 other people sitting there with me and they call D123456. It's like, that's even annoying. Captain Spiritual here, remember, I was just up here praying. And then there was this obnoxious guy talking to one of the ladies at the window, and he's obnoxious. And I'm just going to ship it. He's not in here right now, okay? <laughs> he's kind of obnoxious. And so I'm listening to this, and these things, you know, used to be you'd get into the DMV, you'd do your deal, and you'd be done. Two, three, four minutes. Now it takes like 15 minutes because if you work for the state, please forgive me. 
but our state computers, you know, just really seem to like, again, the state probably did this against me, so it would take longer, so I'd be more annoyed. Okay, it's not all about me, but it takes forever, and all of a sudden this, this conversation with this obnoxious guy, because you know what, I don't like that I have to be at the DMV, so obviously I think this guy's obnoxious, but this conversation turns to God. And the lady, the lady behind the window is talking to this guy about God. He says, no, I don't believe in God. She says, oh, and you, I, you know, I'm kind of hearing bits and pieces of this. And the next thing you know, this guy says, well, you know what? Last week, I was down in St. Paul and I didn't have a way home. And I was having problems and I was, you know, I don't know if he said he was crying, but you know, some guy picks him up and brings him out to Andover and he prays with him and he buys him clovers. And he says, you know, that happened last week and now you're talking about God this week. And it's like, hmm, I better take my, you know, poor little Randy vest off and toss on my spiritual vest to listen to the rest of this conversation. So of course I do. I get all spiritual and I'm thinking, hmm, something's happening here. So I know you guys aren't this way. Thank God we're not all this way. But anyway, so this guy started, you know, maybe I should give God a try. And this goes on for two or three more minutes, you know, and then he's done. And it's like, oh, thank you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, this young guy starts walking by me and he says, hey, I'm spiritual at this point. <laughs> She's right. He looks at me. He looks at her. Smile on his face. He walks out. Now, I didn't have the spirituality at that point to walk out with him and just hustle and say, hey, come here with me. And then, you know, it's a block away. I mean, this is pretty drastic. I didn't have the, you know, the mindset to say, hey, you see that church over there? Come on Sundays. But I did say, hey, she's right. I at least got that. But my point is, is this. You know what? God, and this is my closing, but I haven't started yet, so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Um, God wants each and every one of us to be going about his business. Yeah. And not just, you know, Sunday between 9.30 and noon, and then start, Pastor, it's 12.06, and, you know, love when the Vikings are on, because that's always a big deal. But, you know, God wants each and every one of us, you know, to act like Bradley. Oh, I got the opportunity to talk to this person today. Or Dave, hey, yeah. Well, yeah, God took me to Hibbing. There was this, you know, place in Hibbing, but then I had to go like 20 miles in the country. Couldn't even hardly find a place because I don't have cell service. You know, God doesn't just want to talk to Bradley about that. God doesn't just want to talk to Dave about that. God wants to talk to each and every one of us and say, you know what? Every day, I've got people out there, you know, and it doesn't matter if you don't like the DMV. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's like, oh, if you go to, you know, your work and it's like, I don't like that person. God doesn't care. Yeah. He don't care. It's like, you know what? I need you to take the opportunity to share me. Our Lord God. So guess what I did yesterday? God's convicting me of this stuff, right? Because I'm going to get all spiritual and I'm going to visit with you guys about this. 
So I better do something about this before I get to church tomorrow so then I can tell everyone I did it. So what did I do? Texted one of my customers. I says, hey, we're having church tomorrow at 930. If you want to come on up, feel free. And he was very nice. He texted me back. You know, he says, mm, I'll see if it's in my schedule. And, you know, I just texted him. I said, thanks, no pressure, but we'd love to have you. But you know what? God wants each and every one of us, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're in, he wants us to take that opportunity and act like Bradley and act like Dave and say, hey, you know what? Jesus, Jesus wants to interfere in your life, and Jesus wants you. And so each and every one of us, each and every day have that opportunity. And this is embarrassing if you think about it, because I think Bradley's like 29 or 30. He's young. He's a young guy. I've been living for God longer than 30 years. And Bradley's doing it. Why am I not doing that? You know, God finally, after about 27 years, said, you know, you need to get over it that your church is a little crazy and sometimes we, you know, hip hip hooray a little bit. Because I used to get embarrassed when I'd bring people to church and it would get a little too spiritual for them. I know that I'm not the only person that's felt that. I know that I'm not the only person that's felt that along the way. But I used to get embarrassed about it. But God said, you know, along the way, and I don't, maybe it wasn't, you know, year 27, but it was... It was like, hey, you're really embarrassed about me? Just think of the things that you did on earth. <laughs> when you're embarrassed about Sunday morning? It's like, wow, God. I didn't think of it that way. But our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to go about his business. He wants us to go about his business and do what he wants us to. And I'm going to share with you, um, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, but I'm really not, and I really actually got really all spiritual again, and a lot of people when they come up here, they text Elena their scriptures, and she has them showing up here, and it's really, really nice, and I haven't done that for like since we moved into the new building. So, of course, I did it today. Wayne texted me right back. Hey, I'm not going to be here. But I texted him the pastor. So, we're good. So, I'm walking in today, and the you know, pastor's sitting at his desk, and, you know, hey! You know, and so I go in there or whatever, and he says, you know, he said, I don't really have anyone. we got to get someone else back on the board there. Um, so, I don't really have anyone your scriptures up, but yeah, Elena texted me, it's like, oh, that's good. So, anyway, long story short, Elena has these scriptures, pastor's got the scriptures, but you guys are going to actually have to open your Bible. And where I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to is Luke 2. And, um, again, I'm reading, I'm reading out of the NLT, but I really like what the New King James Version said, and I said, and I forgot to pick up a Bible. Um, and I was going to pick up a Bible when I got here because I forgot to bring a New King James Version. Um, but I was going to pick one up.
not going to read out of it, but I forgot, so you're just going to have to bear with me. This is the NLT, but we're going to go back to the New King James Version. And in Luke 2, 41 uh, through 52, out of the NLT it reads, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, he attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard them, all who heard him, were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to, Jesus is saying, why did you need to search? Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. You know, just a few things to share about this. First of all, you know, I have to know, you know, the logistics of things. From Nazareth to Jerusalem, you know, it's probably, depending on, you know, roads now today, it's like 91 miles or something. So, you know, even if it wasn't 91 miles, it was probably 85 or 86. It didn't make this, you know, we may even come home that night. But, the whole, um, but you know, they obviously made it 15, 20, maybe if they were really getting at it, they were making 30 miles. But we have to consider what this is. Jesus was 12 years old, okay? Back in the day when you were 12 years old, and even now, it's like 12-year-old boys, they think they're men, you know? I mean, he wasn't probably with, you know, his mama right at her side walking hand in hand, you know? He probably wasn't by his dad saying, you know, hey, dad, you know? He was probably what they assumed, you know, with the 12-year-old boys running all around and, you know, running circles around all the other people because that's just what they do. You know, but anyway, so they couldn't find him. 93 miles, maybe they got 15, 20, you know, 30 miles. But a couple things that, you know, we have to consider. And, you know, the whole, you know, Passover. And I, again, I'm not going to go too far into it because Pastor accused me of being windy. So you're going to have to actually figure this out yourself. But, you know, it was to commemorate the Passover. It was to commemorate the liberation of the children of children of Israel who were led out of Egypt by Moses. This was a seven-day festival. This was a big, big deal. Seven days. Okay, things were a little different back then. You know, I mean, us seven hours, and it's like, hmm, you know, we're already thinking of getting back home or whatever. You know, this was their, you know, religious declarator of, uh, you know, Independence Day celebration. Fourth of July this year is Monday. If, you know, so if we're lucky we get a three-day weekend. You know, if you're like one of my friends who comes to church here, 
and he needs an extra day off, and I think they're okay with him doing this, but if he gets sick, you know, so he's probably taking Friday off, too. Um, he does it all the time. Anyway, um, it's Tony if you're wondering who, but... <laughs> But I, I think that he can do that, and they're, they're okay with it, you know. But anyway, you know, this is the Passover thing, okay? Seven days. So you have to consider what's happening here. Seven days, okay? And it says, you know, his parents went to Jerusalem every year, okay? And when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast, okay? This wasn't his first Passover. Jesus knew the itinerary. Jesus knew the agenda. Jesus knew it was seven days. And I don't want to act smart because I'm not that smart when it comes to this stuff. But there were probably certain days that this happened at the Passover, that that happened at the Passover. Jesus knew what to expect. He was 12 by now. You know, he probably even knew, if you think about it, he probably knew if he's done this enough and he was... Well, he was Jesus, and he wasn't logistically challenged. He probably knew how to get there and back to his house. But, you know, he had been there, you know, for a while. But then it says, when they had finished these days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know Okay, so he lingered behind in Jerusalem. When I used to read this scripture, I used to think, poor little Jesus, his parents left him in Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't. We left him at the church. That's what I used to think. Poor little Jesus. This was premeditated. Jesus knew the deal. This wasn't his first, you know, Passover. He knew it. And it says, he lingered behind. Who thought he's some guy? Yeah, my parents are going to, yeah, have a good time. Not telling you I'm staying, but I'm going to linger here for a little bit. And, you know, If you think about it, okay, it takes them, again, Jesus isn't walking with mom, he's not walking with dad, you know, but they think, well, he's with us, and if you think about it, all the people, or factions of people in Nazareth obviously ran together to these things, they traveled together, maybe there were, you know, two or three or 17 different caravans, but, you know, there were a lot of people in, you know, with Jesus and Joseph and Mary that actually went. So they didn't even, you know, realize that he lingered behind. And it says they returned, and when they, you know, at the end of the day, they found out that Jesus wasn't with them. And then it reads in 44, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought after him and their acquaintance, uh, among their acquaintance and relatives. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem and seeking him. Okay? And then it says, 
Now it was that after three days they found him sitting in the temple in the midst of teachers both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding. So they take a day and, you know, they find out Jesus is God. You know, maybe they even say, well, it's dark. We're not going to go look for him now. He is 12, which was, you know, I mean, he was probably getting close to his bar mitzvah or whatever they did. So, you know, they figured, you know, he is 12. But could you imagine if you were that parent at 12 years old? I mean, you guys are probably more spiritual than me, but I'd be angry. It's like, you know, first of all, I'd be nervous. And after my nervousness, it'd be like, you know, this makes me angry. This is like going to the DMV. I don't like it. Yeah. But so, you know, they start and they go back and it says it takes them three days. It says, now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple. You know, so they obviously, you know, maybe took another day to get back, maybe started looking around, and maybe on the third day, you know, they've looked three or four different places. He wasn't where we just saw him last. You know, he wasn't, you know, at the local restaurant. He wasn't at Speedway. You know, so they go to the temple, and here's Jesus in amongst a bunch of, you know, it says teachers and doctors and people. And I don't want to get too far into this whole temple thing, but there were places Jesus couldn't go because he wasn't, you know, the high priest. And there were places that he couldn't go. But he's sitting amongst, in the midst of these teachers or doctors. And they're amazed at him. And then, you know, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So, you know, at this huge celebration, Jesus has decided, you know what, I'm staying here. And I don't believe that he stayed there just to, you know, because he met a really, really good friend there. And, you know, then his friend's mother got mad because he was supposed to come home. And then he decided, well, I better go hang out at the temple. He lingered there for a reason. Jesus lingered there for a reason. then it says so when they saw him they were amazed and his mother said to him son why have you done this to us look your father and I have sought you anxiously so you have to think about the whole parent thing here Jesus where have you been so you have to think about you and I here a minute we have a bad week. We get to church. Jesus is sitting here right where we left him. Jesus, where have you been? I've been looking all over for you. And Jesus, you know, probably says to me sometimes, right where you left me on the pew, right there, that's where I've been because you left me here. It's amazing. It's amazing all of the tools, all of the instruction, 
everything that I have, that I need, is in this book. And sometimes I get back here after a week and it's like, Jesus, where you been? I've had problems this week. I had to go to the DMV. My wife became a loudspeaker. <laughs> she sent me that, by the way. <laughs> right where I left you. Right where you left me. That's where Jesus has been. Jesus lingered right where he was left. He didn't go, you know, it's not like he wanted to watch a soccer game in Jerusalem. He went to the temple. That's where Jesus was. And this is, you know, you don't hear much about, you know, in the chapter before, you know, it talks about, you know, the angel, angel coming to Mary, you know, and then you don't hear about Jesus. I mean, hardly anything, hardly anything until his ministry. But this one glimpse of where he was, you know, from, I don't know, one or two or three to, you know, 28, 29, 30, got in the temple. That's where he was. Our Lord Jesus Christ, at 12 years old, was going about his father's business. That's where he was. And he was astonishing people when he did it. And then, he, and, and then, you know, it says, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know I would be about my father's business? But they did not understand him. Jesus, as an example, as a 12-year-old, wants each and every one of us to be about his father's business. Each and every day, he gives us opportunities each and every day to be about his business. I wish I could tell you that I was that guy like, you know, Bradley that gets convicted because like, yeah, I don't want him to share Jesus. And it's like, Jesus is like saying, well, are you going to share me or not, Bradley? You know, I wish I could tell you that I was like right there at that. But yeah, I go several days sometimes and it's like, God doesn't convict me like that. But God puts people each and every day in our path. And it's like, are you going to share me? Are you going to talk about me? <clears throat> Actually, are you even going to acknowledge me today? Because you know what? we got to acknowledge God in our life each and every day if we're going to get to the point where he's going to want us to go about his business. You know, what is, you know, God's business? When Jesus was on this earth, When Jesus was on this earth, he healed people, he taught, he performed miracles. Those are the three things that he did. Why did he do those three things? There's probably more, but those are the three main things that he did. Healed people, taught, and performed other miracles. fishes and the loaves, water and the wine. That's some of the things that he did. Why did he do that? Uh, you know, if it were me, 
were Jesus, I would have known that to be like, hey, this is who I am. I can turn that water into wine. I can make these fish last forever. But Jesus didn't do it for that. Jesus did it. And if you look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus did it for this reason. And it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth, to teach us and to tell us, you know what, go and make disciples. Jesus made disciples while he was on this earth. He didn't, he didn't do all these, you know, quote unquote, you know, tricks, you know, to dazzle people. He did it to glorify God. That's why he was doing it. And our Lord Jesus Christ what does he want from us? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go and make disciples of all nations. It was really exciting. It's like, you know, when I was in the DMV, wasn't ready to open my mouth. But you know what? God wants us to open our mouth. God wants each and every one of us to invite people to draw closer to him. Is it convenient all the time? Check with Dave. You know, there's a guy in this church, Dave went, that's the giving thing, four hours out of his way, and then, you know, like 20 more miles into the, you know, woods to go get somebody. I'm sure that Dave thought, you know what? This is going to take a little bit. Dave doesn't think like me, so he probably didn't think, you know what, I've got 349 more things to do. Dave thought, because you know what? It says it in his name, Lost Sheep Ministries. Dave thought, you know what? I'm going to be just as Jesus was. I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to inconvenience myself to go get that one. For each and every one of us in here, most of us weren't, you know, born in the church and, you know, our parents, you know, took us to church every week and, you know, I mean, there's a couple of us, but it wasn't me. And, you know, we said, yep, I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow this. Most of us weren't that. So if you have to consider where you came from, Someone said, you know what? Come to church with me. There was a, the guy that brought me to church, he invited me time and time and time again. And when I think of him, he's since passed, but I always think of Vitaly Kiesel and the concerts. Because Joe never really invited me to church. 
but he invited me to their concerts. It's like, whatever. And, you know, I worked with him like 35 years or whatever, 37. And, you know, he'd invite us to these concerts. So I went to my buddy, him and his significant other just had a kid. It's like, hey, I don't want to go to that concert. I'll babysit for you. You and Teresa go to that concert because I'm not going. Okay, Randy. One of us had to go. It wasn't going to be me. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to babysit for this guy and significant other. So I don't want to go to this concert. Whatever. But you know what? So this is just a little rabbit hole. But it's kind of funny. So I'm laying there in this little baby, and you know, I get along with kids pretty good. I'm laying there, this little baby climbs up on my back and falls asleep. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck. And so his parents come home and say, get your kid out of my back, I gotta go to the bathroom. But anyway, you know what? Jesus wants each and every one of us, each and every one of us. To invite somebody to come. How did you get here? How did I get here? It wasn't life's on a wind street. Think I'll go check out Spirit of Grace Church. That's not the way it was. A lot of times it's like, you know what, I'm not doing real well. And someone came at just the right time and said, you know what, you need to check this out. You need to come here because you know what, God will touch you. God had to get me sober before, so I could hear it before he got me here. But we're all each, in a, you know, we're, we all come here a little different. But you know what? Our Lord Jesus Christ wants each and every one of us to go about his business each and every day. And if we look, he's giving us opportunities to go about his business. What does your business look like? And, you know, we're not all you know, at the same place, we're just not, you know. Some of us have been spiritual for several decades or our whole life, and we're way more spiritual, and then someone like Bradley comes and says, like, yeah, Jesus is telling me you're going to invite the person. It's like, wow, I should be doing that. I've been going to church way longer than Bradley's been living. I should be doing this. And then I think, justify it. Do you guys ever justify things in your own mind? It's like, well, that's Bradley's ministry. This is my ministry. I'm spiritual. I come here on Wednesday mornings with Dwayne, or Wednesday, you know, with Dwayne and Carol, and I pray, and then I forget about it a half hour later and go to the DMP. Not my deal to invite people. You know what? It's each and every one of our deal to invite people. That's our Father's business. And our Father even if we're not ready, will help us become ready. And there's just two other things that I want to share with you, and that's this. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, <clears throat> there's two things that God gives us. One is the fruit of the Spirit. And it says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law.
H's. So I'll take that fruit. But I don't want the long-suffering fruit. That means patience. Not really good at that. But you know what? God can give us each and every one of these. You know, they say never pray for patience. I don't. But you know what? God wants each and every one of us to have each and every one of these fruits. And so, you know, if we're not there where we think, yeah, I should invite people. You know, we can at least think and meditate on these things. And this will draw us closer to where we need to be. And then there's one more set of scripture that I'd like to share with you. And that's in 1 Corinthians 12. And that's out of the New King, King James Version. And I think it's 12.1, but I didn't write it down, so you've got to bear with me. But there are diversities of gifts. I think it's 12.1 through 4. But there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but, it's this, but it is the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. <clears throat> for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works in all of these things, distributing to each one who he individually wills. God wants to breathe his Spirit into each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. And you know what? If we say, you know what, Lord? Give me your Spirit. Give me your fruits. He'll do it. God wants each and every one of us to strive to draw closer to him. He wants each and every one of us, he wants to fill each and every one of us with his spirit. And he's not going to do it, you know, and please understand, I'm talking to myself more than anything. He's not going to do it if you walk in Sunday morning and say, Jesus, where were you? Been looking all over for you. Well, you left me here last Sunday. We have to draw closer to God each and every day. He wants us to draw closer unto Him. He wants us to love Him. He wants us to seek Him each and every day. Why? Because you know what? He's got things that He wants us to have. The spiritual gifts that He wants us to have. The fruit of His Spirit that He wants us to have. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ wants to do for us. Why? So we can go to all nations. To make disciples out of all of them. Have them baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he can make disciples out of everybody. His business, our God's business, is saving souls. I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that, you know, and not that this is wrong, okay? God may convict me for saying this, but I'm so glad that our pastor doesn't stand out at the door. There's your 37 tracks, Randall. Well, we give these away this week. Each and every one of us, you put your own name in there. I'm so glad that we're not a church like that. But 
you know what? God probably uses that. But God does place people in our path. Probably each and every day if we're really looking for it. Are you going to share this person with me? Are you going to share me with this person? Are you going to share me with that person? That's what God wants from each and every one of us. So we can do what he wants us to do. His mission. Go and make disciples out of all nations. I thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I thank you for coming in spirit of grace and thank you for serving with each and every one of you. We're going to close in prayer. Wonderful Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for our church family. We thank you, Lord, for your touch in our hearts and our minds. We just ask you, Lord God, that you continue to anoint the conversations in this building. We ask you that you continue to anoint our pastor and Trisha and the praise and worship team as they get together and Draw us closer unto you. We ask you, Lord God, that we can go about, Lord God, your mission, your way, your will, Lord God. We seek your presence, Lord God. And let us open up our hearts. Let us open up our minds, Lord God, that we can share you with the people that you put in our path, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for, for your love for us. Thank you, Lord God, for your patience for us, with us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.